You're listening to Irish Radio Canada and last week you would have had the opportunity to hear Peter Dolan talk about Moat Action Group and how they have spent a lot of time trying to evaluate the changes that have occurred in the last number of years in small towns in Ireland and have come up with a five-year action plan. And it's not unique to Ireland what's going on with urbanisation, people moving away from smaller towns into larger cities and towns as a result trying to redefine themselves and trying also to put themselves on the map where they can be found and where that the facilities and attractions that are on their doorsteps and available to people that they can get the message out. When I say it's not unique to Ireland, there are towns in Ireland that have very, and in Canada that have very special relationships with each other, and Smiths Falls is one of those. Smiths Falls is twinning uh, officially with Carnew in County Wickley, Wicklow in June. Uh, the process is underway because there's a very strong relationship, and I'm going to let the Mayor, Sean Panko, good morning and welcome, tell us about the relationship between Smiths Falls, Carnew, and what Smiths Falls is doing to capitalize on that relationship and some of the history. Well, good morning, Austin, and, and thank you for giving me the opportunity to, to be on today. And yeah, we, uh, I think for a long time, we've, the community uh, recognized we have a lot of Irish within our community. We've never really defined uh, that and thought about it too much, but a, but a couple of years ago, uh, thanks to, uh, I guess, the interest of some very dedicated people, Ian Ashby and one, uh, we came to realize that there's a very close connection between our community uh, and and the the lands of the former Fitzwilliam estate, the Colac estate in, in in County Wicklow, and we, we in, in understanding that we realized that there are literally uh, probably hundreds or thousands of uh, forced immigrants, forced immigrants, uh, who ended up in our community uh, during the time of the potato famine, and many of those. Uh, names of, of those early settlers uh, are still uh, fairly common names within our community. So through this, uh, I guess, this awakening process, uh, we've had the opportunity to connect with, uh, with Kevin and Eleanor Lee in, in, in County Wicklow and Carnew and uh, initiated a formal twinning with Carnew. So as part of that, uh, last summer, the, uh, Kevin hosts a, a homeward trek and they invite a number of Irish Canadians to come back to their homeland and uh, primarily ones who are from County Wicklow uh, to, to really try and connect uh, to their homeland, try to you know, get a greater understanding of, of where their roots started. And so last summer, even though uh, my family, uh, my mom's side is from County Wexford, uh, but so we, we decided we'd take this homeward trek. We knew we'd be spending some time in Wicklow, some time in Wexford. But it was an opportunity to go back and, and certainly trace even my own family roots, uh, but at the same time experience uh, what it's like for others to go back and uh, really get back to their homeland and, and see where their families originated. So, Sean, I have to ask, was there any moment where the hair went up on the back of your neck? Absolutely. And I think it, it, uh, the day, I think it was the, our third last day when uh, we, we were traveling in, in a little bus uh, throughout and we went down a little country road. We stopped at, uh, at a home and uh, Kevin stood up and said, can the Lawrence family please leave the bus? And uh, so the rest of us were sort of wide-eyed looking through the windows of the bus as the Lawrences went out. And uh, Kevin had previously made some connections uh, with uh, some of their, their, their long-lost family members. Right. And uh, so they had a, a, great, uh, a great welcome, uh, great introductions, an opportunity to meet. So, that, so they had that, uh, those connections. And then uh, a short while after, uh, we went a little further down the road and, and he stopped at a little, little cow path. 
and uh, we we started down this little little trail, and it was it was wet and muddy. Uh, I guess as Ireland always is, and uh, so no, 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 I'm not <laughs> <laughs> but it was it was funny because we we, we we were we were all walking and trying to avoid the puddles and trying to avoid the the, the ruts in the road where the tractors had made some uh, some and anyway, long and short of it, we we may got a few soakers on the way through. We prob- probably walked a kilometer down this, and none of us knowing where we were going or what we were doing, and I came across. Uh, a little stone, the remains of a little stone building. Of course, the walls still remain and the doorways remain. Uh, no remnants of, of, of a roof or anything left. And uh, very overgrown and trees in it. And the thing was uh, a pretty tiny building. I think probably no, not much bigger than my kitchen. And Kevin uh, proceeded to advise the Lawrence family this is where they came from. Nice. And uh, it was an extremely touching moment to to, to see the reaction and, and how... Uh, I guess the realization that uh, the lives we enjoy and they enjoy today uh, were, was a result largely of uh, their, their ancestors. I believe in one case it's a great-great-grandfather and grandmother right. and uh, nine kids right. who lived in this small building and during the potato famine had loaded up everything they owned and, into a cart and, and headed down this little country path that we had just followed. And so we had uh, we had a toast and and, and uh, little treats and and uh, certainly paid homage to the to the Lawrence family. For them, it was a, it was it was, it was a, for us it was a very touching moment. Uh, I can't imagine how they would have felt uh, at that time yeah. uh, making that connection. And I think that it brings us back to sort of the, the renewal renewal of those relationships uh, that we see now as an opportunity between some of the people of Smith Falls. And the people of Ireland who never left, and and making those family connections, and uh, so with this twinning process, we also have a local uh, geological society. We have an extremely uh, devoted. Uh, I heard to call her a volunteer because she's there all day, every day. Shirley Somerville, she's a, she's a wonderful woman, and, and she is already in the process of sort of starting to make some connections and doing some research for for the uh, Irish visitors right. who we are going to have here this June. On the genealogical side, I'm going to throw in a side ball just there because again, <coughs> last week. We, what we were running was um, Lynn Brady from the Glasnevin genealogical section of the cemetery and they have records going back to 1831 so if somebody uh, may feel that their relatives were uh, buried or somebody way 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 back was buried in Glasnevin Cemetery you just go on to do a search in Google for Glasnevin Cemetery go in on the um, genealogy site and all you have to do is put in the last name hmm. and it'll span a 20 year period so if you put in 1830 it'll tell you if anyone between 1820 and 1840 was buried in Glasnevin so again just somewhere to go on the genealogy side if you are trying to get back and think there may be connections it's a good site to go to but before we move on you talked in terms of the famine but prior to the famine we're on the banks of the uh, Rideau River at the moment and on the other side of it is part of the Rideau Canal and of course the Irish would have been around this area in the 1830s also Yes, so I think that was, I mean, Smith Falls as a settlement uh, started to get some attention in the late 1700s and uh, really came into its own uh, in the 1830s with the development of the canal. And yeah, the, uh, the, uh, the Irish and Scottish uh, laborers and, and engineers and, and workers who, uh, who built this uh, really were the foundation of our community. 
and so we're very fortunate that uh, I guess the decision was made to do that and that really put Smith Falls on the map. It, it tamed the, the, the river that was coming through here in, in Broad Falls and Rapids and uh, creating canals and more controlled uh, water flows and I think it enabled uh, water power certainly mm -hmm. so the early mills and, and so we became a mill community Okay. and, and Frost and Wood was uh, actually on the ground we sit right today uh, was, was the home of Frost and Wood which was a um, uh, one of Canada's largest farm implement manufacturers uh, from the mid-1800s to the mid-1900s. And uh, the, the factory was closed in the 1950s and torn down, and, and the place we sit today is, is where that factory had once stood, on the banks of the Rio River. Right. So, the, um, so who was Smith? Uh, Thomas uh, Smythe, originally. Smythe would have been, yes, okay. Yes. Uh, he was one of the early settlers, and, and I believe he was a... Uh, an American, okay. United Empire Loyalist, uh, who was given a land grant here, uh, but it, he didn't, my understanding is, that, if my memory is correct, he didn't really even settle here. He owned right. the land, uh, he never really got anything going here, he ended up selling the property off, uh, or lo oh, losing it, I guess, uh, eventually. Uh, so he, his, his name lives on, uh, but I don't think he ended up having a lot of success here. <laughs> so let's go back to um, Culloden and Carnew. And Culloden was one of the largest estates in Ireland. Mm -hmm. And the Fitzwilliam landlord, Lord uh, Fitzwilliam, um, had huge influence in Ireland. So when the famine arrived, um, he took an action which was to assist uh, some of his tenants in passage to North America. Um, now I know there were some other landlords who also did it because there was a move afoot to clear the land at the time and it all, some, some estates were going into uh, financial difficulty so it was solving problems but Lord Fitzgerald also had a vested interest because at that time as I understand it the railway was developing and yes. in effect what he was able to do was transfer labour. Well and that's where I guess you look at the location of Smith Falls being very central in eastern Ontario. Uh, between um, between Ottawa uh, and Kingston, between Montreal and Toronto, uh, and we like to think Smith Falls as, as a hub and, and, and roads leading in so many different directions from here. And I think as a result of that location, uh, it was one of the primary reasons why the, the burgeoning industry of the railway uh, in the late 1850s and the end of the 1860s uh, proved to be a, a, an opportunity uh, for the for Lord Fitzwilliam, and, and I think he, my understanding is he owned an interest in the railways in Canada, mm -hmm. and uh, certainly recognized a need to provide some I guess, cheap Irish labor for, uh, for for the work over here, and uh, as a result, uh, he certainly uh, made it easier and shepherded uh, a number shepherded a number of people uh, from his estate. Uh, uh, across the Atlantic and, and down the St. Lawrence and uh, eventually to the Smith Falls and area. And we know that in the early 1860s, uh, during this t by this time, uh, over half of our community uh, was of Irish descent. And if you go into the rural areas here, where probably many of them would have settled as, as farmers as well, uh, it was over 60% which were Irish. So, uh, those, uh, so our, our Irish roots run very deep within our community. And, and that influence is still there today. And, and I, uh, we, we had our Emerald Gala last night. Uh, it was a wonderful evening to sort of kick off Irish celebrations of Smith Falls this year. And uh, it asked the room of, uh, who had some, uh, some Irish blood within them. And, and I think about half the room mm -hmm. put a hand up. So, I mean, that impact is still with, a, with us today. Now, when people would have come here in the 1830s, 40s, 50s, it was before the land would have been cleared. So they were coming into Canadian rough terrain having to clear it and we all are very conscious of the weather in this country and to arrive in here um, when ships could come in which was 
during the sh shorter summer mm -hmm. and head into a winter and work their way up. It was rough terrain to arrive into. I, I can't imagine how difficult it would have been and, and how, uh, I guess, how tough these people were, uh, their ability to adapt and survive. And, and even uh, when we were in Ireland last summer, we had a tour of the Dumbrody. And uh, to, to imagine being in the hull of that ship uh, to cross the Atlantic, and, and many people probably never seen the ocean, let alone been in a ship, mm -hmm. in the hull of a ship, and, and uh, packing a couple hundred people into a very small area, uh, very little daylight. Um, I can't imagine how challenging that would be. Mm -hmm. The illness mm -hmm. and, and seasickness and you mm -hmm. name it. And then to, to arrive in, in Canada and be quarantined uh, mm -hmm. in many cases at Gross Hill and, and having to, if you're lucky enough to survive that experience, uh, finally make your way up here. And of course, if you're one of the boats that left later in the season, you're arriving in time for winter. Mm -hmm. And being able to survive a Canadian winter, which would be nothing like they've ever experienced before. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it, it's mind-boggling. Exactly, it's yes. Mind-boggling. And how they even survived yeah. is, is mind-boggling. I have to ask as well, when you were in County Wicklow, <coughs> and even in Wexford, did you see anyone you recognised on the street? Uh, and you know the question I'm asking. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I know his cousin. Well, <laughs> what the, the, what the one unique, is, um, the one I did, to some extent, uh, was actually a hologram. <laughs> at, in Ennis Cordy, right. at, the, at the, uh, the, the Center uh, for the Rebellion in 1798. And uh, in, the, in the multimedia display there, they had one gentleman, one hologram of a young boy, a uh, young man who was uh, killed in the Battle of Vinegar Hill. Okay. And uh, his name was John Shane, which is my uh, fourth or fifth great-grandfather's name, okay. uh, who was born later in 1798. Yeah. Right. So it sort of gives me that connection that it very well, uh, they were from Wexford, from that area, and uh, probably a relative who, who could have died in, in that battle. And my, uh, right, but I mean, on the street, did you recognize? On the street? Yeah, did you see the faces of any, you know, because I find when I go back to Ireland now at times, yeah. I, I'm looking at somebody and, and I have no idea who they are, but their faces. Well, the faces, oh, certainly, faces look very familiar. Absolutely, yes. And, 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 and the, the mannerisms, uh, the yeah. behaviors, the personalities. Yes. Uh, oh, absolutely. The, the DNA is, is very consistent with what we'd experience right. here, <laughs> without a doubt. Yes. Right. We're going to probably, are we going to move and, and have a sure. look? And before, as we're moving, is there, I know I dropped it on you last night. Is there any piece of music that we should be listening to as we, we're getting to our next spot? Unfortunately, I, I couldn't come up with any music. Do you know what I'm going to put in there? The Rideau Canal song. Beautiful. Uh, Robin Averill, who came from north of Ireland and now lives in Ottawa and wrote this beautiful song about the Rideau Canal and the Irish workers who very, built the Rideau Canal. Very appropriate. Now you can always use uh, Big John Mufferoff from Stop and Tom. He makes reference That's to Smith Falls in there as well. That's right. That's right. If you're listening to At Home and Abroad, we're going to relocate ourselves and pick up from uh, outdoors and find out what some of the beautiful scenery is like around here and uh, enjoy Robin Averill. They came to a country across the sea They needed the work to feed the families So the Irish left their homeland far away Oh, they came to a world all water and trees In the summer they'd sweat and in the winter they'd freeze But they had hard cold stone to move They were digging the Rideau Canal On the way to Kingston Town Many a poor young Irish man lay buried in the ground. They were digging the Rideau Canal and it seemed just like a dream to carve a waterway to the world. For 
the coming century. Oh, their hammers rang and the fires roared as he forged their way along the rocky shores. They battled fever and sickness all the way. And at night their music just filled the skies as he sang about home and family ties. But he lived and died to moonstone. They were digging the Rideau Canal all the way to Kingston Town. Many a poor young Irish man lay buried in the ground. They were digging the Rideau Canal and it seemed just like a dream to carve a waterway to the world for the coming century. of the Rideau River and there's uh, water uh, running rapidly which of course is the very reason the, the canal was built but there's a beautiful bridge traversing the river and you've done some work on that shot. Well yes that's our, our stone arch bridge it's something that uh, traditionally you wouldn't see very well from the roads but as you walk along the edge of the Rideau here you can see uh, the architecture that was built by uh, Irish and, and uh, Irish and Scottish uh, early immigrants in the late 1800s it's a beautiful old structure uh, the bank, of course, uh, traversing the Rideau, yeah. right at the at the Parts Canada Rideau Canal headquarters, is right adjacent to it. So, yeah, so you, you just said, like we're walking along here. If somebody comes up to Smiths Falls and wants to do walks around here, are there are there any trails that they can follow? And have you guys defined any, or are you working on it? Actually, we're working on that right now. So there was one years ago that's sort of uh, outdated, and actually, you're, yeah. So it is in the process right now. I think by the summer it will be uh, available, and will feature a lot of the landmarks in our community. So again, if somebody says, "Well, I'd like to see where the various um, landmarks relative to the Irish settlement are," that they'd be identified and they can walk. Walk around. Yeah, so go to go to our town hall on Beckwith Street, yeah. and uh, go to our welcome center at our Chamber of Commerce, and they'll have right. some information there. Now, the other thing that's big at the moment in a lot of places are bicycles, cycling. Uh, how, what are you doing for cyclists? Well, uh, we've got a, a young woman uh, who, who I know well who is in the process of, of launching uh, a, a seasonal business here okay. where she will be renting bicycles, renting canoes and kayaks. Okay. Uh, so the opportunity to come to Smith Falls, uh, tour around on bike, go down the Cataract Lake Trail by bike, which is also a very nice experience. So uh, when you say go down the trail, so what are, what's the... 
municipality doing or how, how you, would you rate yourself on bike paths and for safety for a cyclist? Uh, so we've got a, a pathways along, or, along the water. And we're just passing. And we're, we're, we're passing Sportex, yeah. yes, uh, which is uh, the premier, probably one of the premier bicycle stores within eastern Ontario. Indeed, a fantastic uh, selection in there. Incredible selection of, of high-end and quality bikes. So, uh, yeah, so going back, oh. Ireland, first class coach tour. <laughs> June 1st to 8th. It's probably running. You need to get your. your um, it's including a round trip from Toronto, transfers, eight full Irish breakfasts, full course dinner meals, and admissions. Here we are in the, in the standing in front of Echo Tours and Travels. <laughs> so, was that for their delivery? No, we weren't catering to it three years ago. I guess it just surely shows the appeal of, uh, of Ireland to people yeah. of our community. <laughs> Indeed. So, anyway, sorry I interrupt. So, if I'm here a cyclist, um, uh, am I going to feel safe cycling the streets? Yes, yes, and, and it's uh, say a small community. We do have people who tend to move slower, obviously. Yeah. Um, we've also got some trails along the waterfront, and then at the Cataraqui Trail, which is just on the on the southern edge of our town, you can ride that uh, over 100 kilometers to north of Napanee. And Beautiful. It's, so it's an incredible trail system. Uh, goes along some beautiful, beautiful countryside, and it, so that has a great appeal as well to people. So, Smith's Falls used to have um, the Hershey factory. Yes. And uh, it's no longer here. What are the main employers now, and what had been? What's the history from an employment perspective here? Well, and where would, other than farming, where would the Irish have sustained themselves? Well, we were a, a very strong industrial town. We were a railway community, as we talked earlier. Yeah. And I think if we go back to the 1920s, I think we had about 2,000 local men who were working for the railway. In Falls. And of course, as industry changes and things automate and, and uh, jobs get lost eventually over time. So the railway is still a major employer within our community, right. not what it was at that point. Uh, but we were very strong manufacturing town. So Prostonwood, as I mentioned, uh, Hershey's, RCA, Victor, uh, a wide variety of, of plants. Royal Light, the White Croydon Industries, a variety of, of uh, plants that were here over the years that sort of came what, and what closed. What brought them here? Pardon? What brought them here? I think a good labor force, a good hard-working labor force. Irish. Irish. <laughs> <laughs> hard, to, hard to deny that. Eh? <laughs> but it, it's... Um, so then, as you say, with the, um, the change in the economy, you know, yes. and, and uh, the dynamics of the economy where there's automation and there's technology, um, as we mentioned in the first segment, you know, not just in Ireland, but in Canada, smaller towns are really suffering that there's not a lot to retain the youth and the opportunities for advancement are limited. How is Smithsville faring in that environment? Well, I guess a couple of things. We've we've sat back and, and over the last number of years since we had the changes with the loss of Hershey's and Reader Regional Centre, another major employer, and a few others. And where's our future? And some of it happens by by luck and by chance and by some good decisions. And that was the location with Tweed, uh, kind of leading medical, medical marijuana company located uh -huh. here, uh, now employing about 300 people, and probably will be doubling that in the next few years as uh, the recreational marijuana is licensed. Um, but as well, tourism. So right. I think one of the things we sometimes fail to recognize is uh, is how beautiful our community is. Yes. And when we're here all the time, maybe we have a tendency to take it for granted. And we know that anybody who who visits our community or moves here uh, is really awestruck with the beauty of it uh, and some of that natural beauty of, of the Rideau Canal system and some of the, the built heritage that we're so fortunate to have. 
And so I think the, one of the things on the tourist side is, and I'll put my hand up and be guilty here, is we're lazy, and consequently, because you know we uh, even we're be- blessed in Ottawa with a beautiful city, but this is just an hour. Oh, it's exactly. only an hour. Yes. Um, and we're losing out on so much by kind of remaining insular in our own little communities. Well, and that's when we look at who, who are our tourists going to be. Well, um, we're looking uh, at regional tourists who come here, stay for a weekend like yourself, and, yeah. and come to see, experience uh, what it's like to have uh, what's life in Smith Falls and some of the features and attractions we have here. Yeah, <laughs> we're here by the canal. Of course, the gate isn't open yet due to the season not being here yet. Well, I guess we're going to have to climb, climb the fence. Okay. Yeah. Um, so during the season, how much traffic comes through here? A lot. Uh, we we look at at Bagua Street, which is our main street, which is yeah. a, a beautiful wide street, very unique street. We get uh, upwards of twenty thousand vehicles a day. And, and what they, they drop here in the canal. We're standing at the uh, one of the locks. So this is the the new combined lock was built in the 1970s. I okay. think it's about 40 feet, 45 feet possibly. Right. Uh, as you can see, it is a significant drop. Yeah. And next to us, which we'll go to shortly, is is the old combined lock, which was with three locks. Right. And we built this. It combined all into one. We built a new bridge uh, at that time. A bridge which actually, coincidentally, we are rehabilitating this year. It's now been in, in place for 40 years. So again, from a river traffic perspective, you know the season here is what I think it's Victoria Day that it opens. Yes. Uh, and then what up until Labor Day? Correct. Uh, until Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Uh, so how much traffic are you seeing on the water? Well, significant. We saw it, we've seen uh, there's a bit of a decrease for a couple of years, uh, but uh, we saw a decrease in the last couple of years. And this year with Canada's 150 yeah. and free lockage, um, right. we expect an incredible increase in the volume of boats coming through. So with boats coming through. Uh, particularly at the weekend, I presume you're looking at uh, a variety of festivals, events in and around the area here where boats would potentially come through over the, over the period of the 150th. Absolutely. And so we, we've really ramped up our uh, festivals and events for 2017 to celebrate Canada's 150. And uh, really, uh, last night, again, the Irish Emerald Gala was yeah. over the first third on that. Uh, on. Uh, one of the ones we should talk to sure. while we're working we're on dates is I know you have, there's a group coming over from Ireland at the end of June. Yes, so I'll touch on that too. So, so, so like that's going to be a, 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 a momentous occasion. Absolutely. So uh, we're really looking forward to, to their visit. Some of them, uh, Kevin, Melon and Lee are people who were organizing the trip that I, which I took part in last summer. Yeah. But uh, they're bringing over a number of visitors who are hoping to make connections with family, of course, over here and learn more about uh, Smith Falls and the area because they won't be spending all their time here. Right. But our, our but, but your goal is instead of Ottawa being the focal point, you want Smith Falls to be the focal point where people can go out from. Yeah, so, so yeah, exactly. So if you think about it, we will have people go to Ottawa for a day yeah. and learn sort of about the nation's capital. But if I, when we travel, we tend to, tr- to like to get to some of the smaller places yeah. that are, and, and you tend to, to meet the people better and understand things a little bit deeper than you would in a big city. Yeah. Uh, so we're hoping the same thing here. And if you look, I mean, the, the natural beauty we have here, we're standing right now above 
uh, the old combined lock, which is the only uh, unused lock of the Rideau system, and uh, we have plans to animate this in, in the next few years. Parks Canada has some work to do in the walls, and, yeah. and to but we're gonna, the plan right now is to open this up, turn it into an outdoor amphitheater. We, okay. we would see. I, I, I'm just seeing a stage down there. Exactly, live theater, yeah. um, music, maybe corporate events, yeah. weddings, the whole works. It's just a very unique experience. And again, if you look at these stone walls, yeah. uh, built by our early Irish and Scottish settlers, and carving the stone out, transporting the stone here from I think a quarry in Beckwith Township, right. uh, and and building this where it still stands. Morning. Um, Good morning. morning. 180 years later. This reminds me, like, when I go to Ireland, my mum's house is in Aslone, dead centre of the, the country, and the Shannon comes down, and there's an area like this uh, because there's rapids at the Shannon. Yeah. But in Athlone, uh, it's now from Dublin, now from Galway. Um, it's dead centre, and it's it's so easy to kind of say, well, I'll go up to Dublin and come back down tonight. Whereas when you're in Dublin, you're kind of saying, well, where do I park the car and how do I get? <laughs> how do I get? And you spend half the day just getting out of it. Well, for sure, and, and I mean, I'm stuck in traffic, and of course we don't have those issues here no. except when we have a swing bridge that is out because the boats are coming through. That's, right. that's right. about as bad as it gets. But right. uh, yes, we're planning a, a real series of events uh, coming up in, in the season. So, set in June 20, sorry, June 17th is our our Healthy Living Festival, and probably many. People, many of your listeners have been here before. It's the first yeah. season. Uh, it's a great day of activities in downtown Smith Falls. We have Highland on the Rito the next day. Yes. Really, uh, uh, pay, sorry, sorry, Paddle Fest. I'm sorry, Paddle Fest the next day. Uh, Paying great homage and respect to their early settlers and a, and a connection to the First Nations people uh, and the, the whole sport and, and tradition of paddling. And there's Voyager Canoes, which you can get out and, and enjoy to a whole variety of activities and learning experiences. And that's the weekend before Irish visitors arrive because uh, if they can come two weeks, we would have put all that in. But of course, they're coming for about 10 days, and uh, so that's going to we're going to kick off uh, uh, June 24th with Highland on the Riedel. So yep. that's going to be themed uh, as, as a Highland game. So it's a, it's a smaller scale than what you might experience in other areas, but it's still the same event. Uh, uh, another, another yeah, very uh, affordable experience for people to come out and enjoy. So our Irish visitors will have a chance to see that. Uh, we're going to have a uh, an Irish Cayley uh, the next day. Excellent. Yeah, we're having Irish Irish music the night after the the highlight uh, of the Riddle. We're having an Irish Cayley picnic the next day. Now, uh, did you get your Cayley when you were in Ireland? Uh, not directly. Uh, we 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 were partaking in a few uh, on a smaller scale, I guess, and just uh, had sessions. And sessions, yeah. They had set dancing. Yes, yes, yeah. That's we, fun. We, oh, absolutely. I mean, and and just that whole cultural experience. Yes. So in some ways, we're gonna. We're, I know that the Irish are gonna come here and, and experience some Canadian culture, but at the same time, we know that uh, some of these some of these uh, events are designed to attract uh, some of the great the Irish diaspora within. Uh, well, certainly Eastern Ontario and beyond, and, and I know people who were on the homeward track last summer, uh, some of them are coming as far away, I think it's from Nebraska, to come to Smith Falls right. uh, to make those connections. At one time, their family passed through here, and yes. uh, so some of these events are really tailored to, to try and help bring these, uh, not just Irish together, uh, but people of Irish descent, and anybody who certainly appreciates a green beer. Um. They, the whole concept when you say from Nebraska things, of course, well, the Irish came <coughs> to Canada mainly through Brazil uh, and then filtered down to various parts. Um, and having established in communities like Smith's Falls, Ottawa, then branches went off to other places exactly. and they arrived and settled, and then branches went off somewhere else. So when families do start weaving their 
routes back through to trace them back to Ireland. Often, as you know, it's a circuitous route that leads them through your community. Exactly, and I think technologies have now enabled people to, to trace those routes much better, much easier than they could have years ago. Indeed. And I think, so that's why I think why we're seeing such an interest in, in the genealogy now, uh, and, and say Joe Kenny, the, 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 one of the Americans who's coming, uh, his family came through here, and so many other people who want to come back to Smith Falls, uh, maybe they haven't been here before, but they know that their roots come here. Now, you mentioned Joe Kenny. Well, early, we haven't mentioned names yet, but last night one of the families that was mentioned and honoured was the Bath family. Yes. What other names from the area would well, be prominent? Uh, uh, most of them moved on. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, Mary Campo and, and Anne Crashow are, are, are two of the ones who have been very prominent in, in helping us recognize this twinning and uh, will be partaking in the ceremonies we will have in June. So, our Chamber of Commerce has a, go a golf tournament. Uh, every 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 year, and it's June. Uh, it's June 28th, and uh, so it's going to be on the homestead of the Bell families, which right. is Ellis Falls Golf and Country right. Club. So they were on lands I think that were originally granted to Benedict Arnold as a as a loyalist of the of the British during the, the American Revolutionary War, and uh, the Bell family uh, occupied that as, as their farm. And I think in the 1930s, I believe it was converted into a, a golf course. Right. There's still a plaque that's there today, so there's going to be a rededication of a plaque, uh, and we're going to certainly have an Irish theme to the, to the golf tournament uh, that both uh, during the day and, and that evening with the music. When you were in um, Carnew, did you visit any graveyards there? Lots. <laughs> yes. So what, name, what well, names were on stones there that would be replicated on stones here? And, that, and that's really what brought this whole thing together. So Kevin and Eleanor Lee visited uh, Smith Falls, yeah, I believe it was in summer 20, 2015. And uh, 2014, and uh, it was their visit to the St. Francis Cemetery here, which really gave them that realization that there's a close connection to to Carnew. Uh, and some of the names, certainly common names in our community: Dag, Doyle, Eagers, Jackson, Murphy, uh, Pearson, Pierce, uh, Rickby, uh, Talent, Talon, Timmins, Whalen. These were common names mm -hmm. in, in both areas, and I think it was that uh, the epiphany that, uh, that went off in Kevin's head uh, when he was in the cemetery here and saying. This is unbelievable. It's yeah. remarkable uh, how we have the same names in both in both in all our cemeteries, yeah. Yeah. and that's really what started this whole process of understanding with such a close connection to that part of Ireland. Right. So, the majority of uh, we didn't mention a number earlier on, but when Fitzwilliam. Uh, provided passage, as I understand it was something in the region of about 6,000 of his tenants were sent to North America. Yes. And of that, while they would have dispersed to some degree, is there any estimate on how many of that 6,000 may have come to Smith's Falls? I, I don't have numbers, but I think if we look back through our book, uh, we have a, a, a book of the history of Smith's Falls, uh, a lot of the names featured, and, and certainly the, the Irish uh, immigration was uh, also featured in that book, and it talks certainly about a large number. And you think our, po our population in um, the early 1860s was over a thousand uh, okay. and uh, we know that over half of those people were Irish so certainly yeah. uh, when you take a whole area I suspect it's probably greater than a thousand who yeah. would have come through here and at that time that was a lot Oh, because uh, <laughs> you know again talking about as we did earlier on as there are migrations to urban centers um, for those who were living on farms Smith Falls is an urban center and exactly. Then, yes. For those who used to live in Smith Falls, it's Kingston is an urban center. Yes. And those in Kingston, it's Toronto. So the matter of a perception of what is an urban center. So when you mentioned 500, um, I'm sure there were many who may have been outside what would have been the urban boundaries that 
uh, may not be included in your numbers. Oh, exactly, because the, the townships were the rural areas, and those, yeah. and those farmers would, this would be the hub again as it is today, yeah. but uh, I'm sure a lot of the Irish bean, uh, bean farmers would have settled in the rural areas. Indeed. So then the influence of the Irish after, um, as, as time went on, um, in industry and other things like that, is it still evident? Well, you look at through, throughout our community, I'm sure the, the fingerprints of the Irish and the, and the work of their uh, their efforts through the years are a big part of our community. Half of the people of our town were Irish at one point in time, yeah. and, and virtually a similar number today uh, that descended from those people or from elsewhere. Uh, across our architecture, across, well, certainly the canal that we're part of, uh, the uh, certainly our political leadership over the years had a number of Irish involved in it, and, and some of our physicians, uh, some of our leaders in our community. So really, this town largely was built uh, on the efforts of the Irish immigrants. Um, I can't help but think, like, you know that the Pfizer plant is set up in Ireland um, many years ago, and as a result of that, um, most of the Viagra for left the world was manufactured there and there was a claim that it had an influence on the population around that. <laughs> so given, given that, that uh, Smith's Falls is getting into medical marijuana is there an expectation that, that this will become a happy community? Happier than well, it is? Well absolutely and, 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 and I mean it's very positive for us from an employment standpoint and from an from a assessment standpoint but, but really it, it, it puts us on the map and, and, and uh, I mean you, you can uh, we, we look at medical marijuana certainly as, as a, a very valued uh, drug for a lot of people Indeed. but recreational marijuana is going to be uh, well, a little over a year from now it's likely yeah. going to be legalized and uh, we are going to be somewhat known as, as the pot capital of Canada and, yeah. and I've got a problem with that I mean it's it's going to be a legal substance it's uh, eventually going to be available in a variety of ways and the problem is it's going to distribute it and the feds are going to regulate it and yeah. um, not, not that we're going to end up having uh, I say people smoking in their parks, so that's already prohibited. Yeah, uh, yeah. But really, good morning. Morning. It's uh, it's going to be a very positive thing for our indeed, community. Indeed. Um, it, and unlike some of the more traditional industries that ca have come and gone, uh, sustainability is a big thing when it comes to talking about. You mentioned how you sat down uh, as a council to try and look out out in the long term and see <laughs> where is there a sustainable future, and you're zoning in on tourism. Um, are there any other areas that you have identified, given the natural resources and other resources that are on your doorstep? Well, one area we also want to focus on is, is food production and processing and pharmaceuticals. So when you look at, uh, we're not going to be a traditional manufacturing town. Mm -hmm. I mean, that, that, those days are gone. Those, exactly. Those are gone. Uh, so, so innovation, and, and I look at, at Tweed being a great example of, of innovation, and really Tweed is high-tech farming. Mm -hmm. And uh, we look at uh, food, food production and processing as something that's also uh, close to our hearts uh, as a necessity we need within our country and we see that as being a position where we could capitalize on that as well. Now one of the things that was mentioned at the Emerald Gala last night was the food that was on the plate was all local and it was all um, organic naturally grown and yes. that's something that is very important here also. Well we're, we have two rivers food hub uh, which is a uh, house that is a, occupies a kitchen which is formerly the Rio Regional Centre now the Gallipo Centre and there's a number uh, is growing all the time of local food producers uh, whether they uh, we're talking meat production or, or uh, a variety of other things uh, they have that commercial kitchen they can go and prepare their wares for sale right. and of course the regulations today uh, a lot of the small businesses have to be in a regulated uh, kitchen in order to be able to do that 
And uh, so we see that as a, as a real opportunity. And uh, last night's a perfect example mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. we could have local food. And so when we think of food production and processing as being an opportunity within our community, mm-hmm. uh, that's a perfect example where you've got a lot of small producers who can come together and ultimately be able to provide collectively um, an, enough uh, production of, of whatever it is they want to do for a larger need. So whether that is you get 10 producers growing uh, cabbage for, for a restaurant in Ottawa or uh, whether it's a local beef farm or organic farm who's able to uh, prepare his, his stuff there. It, it's a variety of opportunities. So we're not look, we may not be one major uh, producer. It may collectively be an opportunity for all those small producers in the area to have a place to prepare their foods and, and, and prepare What's going through my head is like it's what goes around comes around. It's like the old co-op. Yes. Yes. It's it's effectively the what was the co-op of the past where it was predominantly dairy production or other such items that the, the creamery. Um, so it would be the modern co-op. Right, and it's 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 accessible accessible, and that and that's what makes it easy for people uh, and very affordable for producers. Uh, so they all contributed a little bit in order to, to have a collective good for everybody. So again, if somebody comes up to Smith Falls, be it on a boat or drives up here, cycles up here, wherever. Um, and they're looking for a restaurant to eat that has uh, what would be local, homegrown, sustainable uh, menu, uh, easily found. Yes, yes, and we've got a, a lot of great restaurants and great variety in our community. Uh, it was Noel Pantry last night, which which did the catering. They've got a restaurant on Main Street, so there's a good example. Uh, but a lot of the local restaurants source local foods uh, where available uh, and certainly support our local economy. Uh, on, on the beer front, we had uh, we had a chance last night to enjoy any of the Four Degrees Brewing Company products, but they they come in and brought uh, some of their uh, some of their beer. There's a local brewery which is uh, going to be opening a new place in our in our in our mall, which the county fair mall and uh, brewing there and, and selling locally. Uh, again, their their goal is to employ about 30 people locally uh, and serve. And you look at the local restaurants; they're all providing selling their product now. So it's, that um, it's not a protectionist model; it's more a matter of uh, we can try and help support our local producers. Sean, we're going to take another little break, and uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about the railway museum. Sounds which good. Is another fantastic uh, attribute and attraction you have here. Um, and you're going to leave it to me to find a piece of music? Yes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you're listening at Home and Abroad here on Irish Radio Canada. We're talking with Charles from Champagne the mayor of Smith's Falls, and we'll be back with you in a few minutes. In 1841, me corduroy breeches I put on. Me corduroy breeches I put on. To work upon the railway, the railway. I'm weary of the railway, for Paddy works on the railway. In 1842, from Hartley to Langdale, Sector, Langdale, myself a job to do, working on the railway. I was wearing corduroy bridges, digging ditches, calling switches, dodging hitches. I was working on the railway. In 1843, I broke my shovel across me knee, and I went to work for the company on the Leeds and Selby Railway. I was wearing corduroy bridges, digging ditches, calling switches, dodging hitches. I was working on the railway. 
1844, I landed on the Liverpool shore. Me belly was empty, me hands were raw with working on the railway, the railway. I'm weary of the railway, poor Paddy works on the railway. In 1845, when Daniel O'Connell, he was alive, and Daniel O'Connell, he was alive and working on the railway, I was wearing corduroy breeches, digging ditches, pulling switches, dodging pitches, I was working on the railway. In 1846, I changed my trade from carrying bricks, changed my trade from carrying bricks to working on the railway, I was wearing corduroy breeches, digging ditches, pulling switches, dodging pitches, I was working on the railway. In 1847, poor Paddy was thinking of going to heaven. Poor Paddy was thinking of going to heaven to work upon the railway, the railway. I'm weary of the railway. Poor Paddy works on the railway. I was wearing corduroy bridges, digging ditches, falling switches, dodging ditches. I was working on the railway. You're listening to Irish Radio Canada at home and abroad, and we're in Smiths Falls, and we're walking over towards Victoria Park, and we're going to hear all about the railway museum that's here in Smiths Falls. Um, and I'm with the mayor, Sean Pankow. Sean, the museum. Um, well, Eastern, Eastern Ontario's only railway museum, as I understand it. Yes, yes. A very treasured asset in our community, and one that, I guess, if you... You look back, uh, growing up here, that was the old uh, CNR station, and uh, it had been uh, vacated uh, decades ago. Uh, the old rail line from here to Kingston was torn up, I think, back in the 70s. But a group of uh, very dedicated volunteers and visionaries said, uh, we have an opportunity here with this old station building to do something better with it. Right. And uh, so they had, I guess, the vision, the fortitude, the commitment, and uh, the patience to turn it into what today is the Railway Museum of Eastern Ontario, and it's a, a real gem in our community. Uh, everybody loves trains, and, and it's certainly it's, it's such a big part of our history uh, within, within Smith Falls uh, that it's a very suitable thing to have uh, located within our, within our, our community. And uh, so we look at it today, they've run a, a great series of, of events through the season, including the Emerald Gala last night as a fundraiser. Yeah. Uh, but as well, it's just a, it's a good place to visit. And uh, whether you want to spend uh, a night in a caboose, which you can do if you want to host, uh, use it as a, as a corporate event for, uh, for a party or have your kid's birthday party there or just come and tour the, the trains. Uh, there's an operating train that runs as well to get a little train ride and on a short track. A steam, a steam train? Or a uh, no, it's an old, an old diesel, but it's okay. uh, probably about 60 years old, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Uh, there's also... Uh, an old dentist uh, car. Okay. So that was uh, that's been preserved. Yeah. Uh, very unique, and it was a I can't recall the name of the dentist who had primarily used it, but it was used in Northern Ontario to go to a lot of the First Nations uh, reserves and okay, so provide dental services. Okay. So was a mobile dental car. Exactly. Right. And uh, as, as much as it may look a little primitive compared to the, the dental experiences we have today, yeah. I guess in those days. Uh, 
that was the only opportunity uh, some of these people in remote communities would, uh, would have to, to see to a access, dentist. To access that kind of yeah. care. So that's a very uh, neat part of it. Uh, as I mentioned, there's a, there's a variety of, uh, they have uh, festivals throughout the season, but an opportunity to people simply to visit and, and gain that experience. And uh, it's, a, it's a very important asset in the community and, and attracts a lot of visitors. Does that mean anything? I don't know. Uh, I I, I, there's I a plaque on the other side of it. We take a look on that side. <laughs> um, because oftentimes uh, it's these things of interest. That, um, it's uh, Heritage Canada. The Rideau River Water. Well, of course, the Rideau River is a um, World Heritage Site. Yes. So that's so the this World Heritage Site. This is before the, the designation. I think designation was 2007, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but certainly gives a little bit of information here. Has that designation had any impact for you guys? Well, I think it certainly tr creates more attention and more traffic. And yeah. I think uh, to, to some extent it holds the federal government a little bit more accountable about preserving this incredible asset. And uh, you think of this asset which has so much infrastructure from Kingston to Ottawa that if it's not managed and preserved properly, it will deteriorate. And uh, for us and everybody else who is along the Rito system, it's critical that uh, the federal government supports this Indeed. as a major tourism asset. And, and Parks Canada, uh, their role in managing this has done an incredible job uh, the last couple of years of really ramping up uh, what they're doing here. I noticed two plaques over here, and I noticed some of these uh, when we were walking around town yesterday, that you have... Um, placed around the town and some uh, information signs. Yes, yes. So this would be part of a walking trail. Exactly. So we're entering uh, Centennial Park now. Yeah. And certainly a beautiful part of our community along the Rideau and, and pays some uh, homage to some of our, 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 our history. And of course, right in front of us, as, as, uh, as, as the picture says. So it's the Heritage Trail, remembering our historic past. Uh, and of course it's bilingual and explaining about the water system so and I see this is uh, point 10 of 15 so you have 15 markers like, along that yes. and uh, a, a trail to follow on the, in the process and I think you know we're a very walkable community yes. and, and a lot of the I guess this is all centered in the, the middle of our community so you can, you can go out and enjoy for an afternoon and stop have a coffee or a drink somewhere or lunch uh, the old water treatment plant which is right here in front of us which is this uh, talks about uh, it's been mothballed now uh, for, well, I guess, about seven years, uh, but will currently be uh, put out in the very near future for expressions of interest for development. Right. So we look at it as being uh, one of the very few pieces along the Regal uh, where developers can come in and, and provide us with their vision. And so we look forward to that being converted into commercial or restaurants or condominiums or office, and we'll see what people come forward with. Right. So, Sean Estever, what would you say is your biggest challenge? Well, I think it's from an economic standpoint, um, when we, we've dealt with close to 2,000 job losses over, over a span of five years, and that certainly has an impact on the local economy, and, and in some cases, the spirit of people who, who experience those losses. And uh, so we, we look at, we, we, we want to strike the balance between managing our assets and managing our budget efficiently, yeah. at the same time investing in our community to make this the most attractive place to live and right. visit in eastern Ontario. Right. And I think in some ways we're, we're a bit of an unknown commodity and we know that people who come here and people move here just love the community. Mm -hmm. uh, people who live here love the community. But I think we can do a much better job of appealing uh, to people who maybe live in Ottawa and, and uh, are getting tired of that rat race of living mm -hmm. in the city and say, well, what's, what's it like to live in a small community? And yet one of the challenges there 
there I know is from an Irish perspective is that people would say with centralization of some services, particularly healthcare, um, that if people move to smaller communities that they don't necessarily have access to a comprehensive healthcare system, uh, which in often cases under, undermines the very ability to attract people. Yes. So we're very fortunate we have the Perth and Smith Falls District Hospital with two sites, one in Perth and one here, yeah. and uh, a wide variety of services, and, and even a new chemo clinic which opened in, in Perth recently to serve our, our combined communities and the greater community. Uh, but funny enough, we end up having uh, people from the side of our community referred here for certain procedures because yeah. the waiting times are shorter. We've uh, done that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> our, our ER times are, are shorter than, uh, far shorter, I think, than what people experience in, in Ottawa. So yeah. we're very fortunate to have that healthcare close to home and, and the additional services that uh, people would need. And, and the other thing, of course, we are 35 minutes from Canada, 45 minutes from Nepean, and I mean, we're, we're so close to Ottawa. So then the education here, what's the school set up here? Um, so, we, so we've got uh, a number of both public and, and uh, public separate, a public, uh, Catholic school board as well as uh, Eastern Ontario, as well as a uh, upper Canada district school board, uh, a number of schools. High, uh, local high school here is, is on, the, on the public side. Uh, the, the high school in Perth, St. John's, uh, serves both and, and the, broader, the broader community. Right. Uh, from a post-secondary standpoint, uh, we do have a branch of Algonquin College in, in Perth. Right. We, have, we have Willis College uh, in, in Smith Falls. Uh, so we're doing a good job of, of educating our people, and uh, one of the opportunities we want to certainly pursue in the future is uh, we want our kids to go away and get educated. Right. We want them to come back eventually. Naturally. And I'm probably an example of that. I, I left as a teenager saying, I can't wait to get out of this town. And, but the appeal brings me back, and, or brought me back, and uh, so we we look at, and a lot of people in our community today, and leaders in our community are people who were, who were raised here and went away to, to get their education and to learn a little bit about the bigger world, and um, somehow that magnet keeps pulling at us. And well, what you're saying is the grass is not greener on the other side. Absolutely not. It's much greener <laughs> here. <laughs> well, we're, go we're going to wrap up. Is there anywhere, have we had, what, as, have you to tell me anything else at well, the Well, the site we're on right now, yeah. I'll just mention it briefly. Um, um, my, my wife and some uh, some friends, who you actually probably met some last night, uh, formed a group called Together Smith Falls uh, in 2010, yep. and started doing outdoor movies here. So every oh. Thursday night through the summer, we have hundreds of people. Uh, the, the little knoll there is where we put the big inflatable screen. Yep. This area will be filled with hundreds of people watching uh, a free outdoor movie. There's activities beforehand for the kids uh, for about two hours. The movie comes on at dusk. Uh, we run it every Thursday night, and it's a fabulous experience on the banks of the Reno Canal, and, and they're right now uh, picking the movies out. They're always family-friendly movies, and uh, it's the thing to do every Thursday night through the summer. Uh, it has a broad appeal. We have boaters who come through, and they time their trips to make sure that they stop here Excellent. on a Thursday and, and enjoy that experience. So we're also looking to do a special movie probably for the Irish visitors. Be good. And uh, we are talking last night about doing, actually, uh, a special movie uh, night at the Railway Museum, uh, maybe some old uh, black-and-white uh, silent movies, possibly that's even, that's just to try and bring it into that element. All you need is you know, some Charlie Chaplin where the world Exactly. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Now you're reading my mind. <laughs> Indeed. So you'll have to go back for that. Excellent. Well, Sean, I want to thank you for taking the time. It's been fantastic. It's been an education, and I would encourage anyone to, to come up here and explore. Um, we are spoiled, as I say, in Ottawa, uh, because we sometimes don't look beyond our noses. Uh, and the treasures that are outside, this yeah. certainly is one of them. Well, it, 
weekend for the final pitch in for we have a lot of activities in June, July, and, and uh, Canada Day. We're having a major celebration here, so if you, you feel that uh, you, you want to maybe get out of Ottawa because of the craziness that's going to happen Canada Day, we still want to celebrate Canada's 150. Uh, come to Smith Falls and do it with us. And find you on Facebook and on the web. Uh, yep, uh, on the Smith Falls, uh, Calvin Smith Falls website. And I know you yes. there's a Twitter account out there as well. Exactly, yes. Indeed. Thanks for your Thanks, Austin. Awesome.